You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Transform the way you hunt with the all-new base cellular trail camera connected by the Moultrie mobile app. Moultrie Mobile's industry best app gives you complete control over your camera settings, up to the minute updates from the field, and other interactive scouting tools on your smartphone or computer. Features like weather forecast, advanced species recognition, interactive maps, and a whole lot more. For more information and to make your purchase, visit www.moultriemobile.com. HuntStand is the most popular and functional mobile hunting app on the market. With a variety of base maps to choose from, satellite imagery that is updated every month, the ability to check the weather, no property information, and even catalog your trail cam picks, HuntStand even gives you the ability to import pins and location markers from other mobile apps. Visit HuntStand.com or download wherever you download your apps. Enter discount code SN20 at checkout for 20% off. "'Twas the night before Christmas, and it was still on the holler. Not a creature was stirring when I let go of his collar. Into the dark and away he flew, a big brindle hound, not red, not black, not even blue. It wasn't long as I gazed at a star, a long coarse ball was coming from afar. The air was damp and cool, and I hoped that soon Boone would be treed under the Christmas coon. Boone is a smart track dog and quite stingy with his bark, but his voice was excited as he sang in the dark. I got excited as I listened to him run, and me and old Boone was really having some fun. Up on the ridge and back down to the stream, the Christmas coon was running and Boone was pouring on the steam. The woods were in a ruckus as they burned through the leaves, the best track we've run since last Christmas Eve. The race was on for nearly an hour. My chest was pumping listening to that brindle power. You could feel the intensity in the Christmas Eve air. The race was near over. Old Boom was pulling some Christmas coon hair. Up on the ridge came a long dying ball, so plain and clear a small child could call. It was a locate bark, bark signaling the end of the trail. Old Boone had run hard, really carrying the mail. Old Boone set into a heavy coarse chop. He was way up on the ridge, nearly over the top. I turned up my light and started to the tree. Old Boone was excited as he sounded off with glee. Nearly 30 minutes later, I arrive on the scene, a steep, tough climb. 
even for an old Marine. I pat Boone on the head and snap on a lead. Oh, how I love to listen to this dog treed. I take a few steps back from the big wolf tree, a majestic white oak growing from the land of the free. I shine the limbs this way and that, and then there he sits with a small bag of presents and a little red hat. The Christmas coon had been running from den to den, dropping off presents to all of his kin. He stayed just ahead of old Boone, just a scorching the earth on this Christmas Eve night, signifying our dear Savior's birth. Merry Christmas to you all from us at the Houndsman XP podcast team. We want to wish you a very Merry Christmas, a prosperous new year. Don't forget the reason for the season. Let's get down to this podcast. The Houndsman XP podcast is fueled by Joy Dog Food. Joy Dog Food has a rich tradition of supporting the Houndsman of America. Founded in 1945, Joy is proud of its history and the relationship it has built with the American Houndsman. And in 76 years, there's never been a recall. Made with 100% American-made high-quality ingredients, Joy Dog Food has one of the highest calorie-dense formulas on the market. For 76 years, this made-in-America product has kept hunting dogs in the field day after day, season after season. And when we say made in America, Joy has a long track record of fighting for American freedoms by being on the front lines against the animal rights movement and their extremist tactics. Joy will fuel your hounds and fight for your freedoms, fueled by Joy. We need to have some Jingle Bells music or something, you know, to to intro this one. This is like, uh, or Santa Claus is coming to town. There you go. You got a ho-ho hair. Put it on there. (laughs) See, there it is. Every conversation, it can bring a jackrabbit into it. Unbelievable. Of course. Unbelievable. I got got Seth and Heath with me on this podcast, and we're going to talk about Christmas gifts, things that, that... you wish your mother-in-law would buy you. Hey, what um, if you don't have one? <laughs> you're in better shape than any of us <laughs> if you don't have one. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> Laura, he yeah, doesn't mean so. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'll tell you what, we've got a lot of good suppliers that sponsor this show, uh, and you can go through their websites. You can... I mean, we got some cool stuff out there. So uh, Christmas is coming up, and I saw a post the other day in the group about where to buy discounted stuff and and with our suppliers and discount codes and and different things. And if you're a Patreon member, then you can even get a deeper discount at a lot of these vendors. And um, so, yeah, I think I think we can cover this. I'm gonna talk. I I want to hear what you guys. If you had a wish list, a couple things from from um, that you would you've seen on our sponsor websites that you're just like, man, I'd like to have that. So, Seth, what what you got on your list? This is an What's, easy one. What could for Santa me. bring you? This is an easy one for me. I, I peruse through our sponsor's website, and uh, I'm going to make first off. Uh, this is something I already have, but I'm going to make an honorable mention because it's something I really like and I want to talk about it. And every time I bring it out, my hunting guests and friends are like, dude, where did you get that? 
the Dakota 283 dash, the 3.5 watering system, that thing is really rad. It is a watering, it can hold up to four gallons of water and it has the dish built into it. And it's just super duper rugged. I'm kind of a forget. Uh, hey, newsflash, I get excited about stuff. Sometimes I get a little scatterbrained. One time I accidentally left it out on the on the ground, ran it over with my truck. I have a Tundra, full-size Tundra. Didn't even bother it. I just dusted it off and tossed it in the back, and it was in perfect condition. So, well, I knew you ran over it once, but that was with the Tacoma, wasn't it? You ran it. No, I ran it over with the truck. You can't hurt it. (laughs) I ran it over with my buggy once a long time ago. Good memory. I was trying to forget about that. (laughs) Yeah, it's a toy truck. It is. Yeah. You drive a Chevy over it, it'd probably total that bowl. I'm telling you. <laughs> it probably would have totaled the truck. Yeah. That's Dude, plenty, of <laughs> plenty of clearance. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm a diehard Toyota man. After the last time we got in the Chevy Toyota debate, Shorty wanted to make sure I told you Uh-oh. that his government GM built truck has 30,000 miles on it, and he's had it in the shop so many times. That he can't believe it. I mean, we're talking everything from torque converters to U-joints to... Uh, GM's building junk, man. They just... I wish they didn't. I'd love to... I love that Chevy look, but... You give me an old square body, body Chevy that that's, you know, fixed up, that sucker's bad. I love but it. But you realize... These new trucks... The newest truck that I drive is still 16 years old. Like... Well, mine is too. Yeah. Okay. I got a Tacoma with 300,000 miles on it. I'm not a car guy. I'm not. I I freaking hate cars. I hate working on cars. I hate everything about having to own one. But that being said, (sighs) I'm not exactly the nicest to my vehicles, especially when I was in my early 20s. That truck has never needed anything done to it ever. I change the spark plugs. I do routine maintenance, oil changes, and all that stuff myself. That thing purrs like a kitty. Turn it on. Let's go run some dogs. You know what I'm saying? I love my Tacoma. I upgraded to a Tundra because I also hate working on vehicles and I needed something a little more powerful to pull things. So Yeah, he's he's got two Chevys with you add both your mileage and they've got more than that Tacoma. Yeah. Wow. My one's got three three twelve on it now. Did you top three with it? Well yeah. You top three at three <laughs> I thought you I didn't think you did yet. Yeah, my transmission went out at three eleven. <clears throat> oh okay. Yeah. And then actually I put 26 so it's got uh well so it's got 13 to 313 on it now. And my my oh, yeah, you bought it you, huh? You bought it before it became Obama Motors is what you did. Yes. That's just, I bought yeah. that thing way back when. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so yeah. to be fair, I still had my GMC Sierra old blue and it had 360-some thousand miles on it, and it was still running. What year was that truck? It was a 94, and I sold yeah. it in 2014. Still running, like, I sold it because... They were yeah. they were still building trucks. I had a 98 um, GMC Sierra. It was a crew cab, three-quarter ton, and if I hadn't a total at bear hunting, I'd still be... if. Somebody hadn't ran into me and totally <laughs> bear hunting. I'd still be driving. Oh, West it. it was drivers. a beast. <laughs> oh man. Do you, yep. do you guys remember the yep. brat? The, that little yeah yeah dude. That thing had bolt like seats bolted in the back. That was that was our lifeblood back in the day. The only time I've ever grown a mullet in my life. 
I knew I was going somewhere when I was riding in the back of my buddy's Brat and my mullet was blowing in the wind. Mm-hmm. The Subaru Brat. That sounds yeah, like a Morgan Wallen song. My mullet was blowing <laughs> in the wind. <laughs> yeah, that thing was female repellent, and so I had to get rid of it. Not that I wasn't uh, as a whole, total but package. It was, I was, but it was. <laughs> It was male attractive. I can tell you that. <laughs> no, no. That's like I wasn't attracted that, to anything but D and D nerds. You know what I'm saying? And not in that Subaru, regard. Dude. Platonically, platonically. I was gonna buy one of those, and then a buddy of mine, he's like, you know, that's the uh, official vehicle of the LGBTQ RSP whatever community. And I was like, well, I'm not, I'm not buying one. A brat? But I, I, yeah, I was gonna buy. Yeah, yeah. It was actually they make one now called the Baja, or they did. They were making one called the Baja. Oh but yeah, I'm gonna make. I'll make a. I'll make a confession right now. I have a Subaru. Uh, Subaru sitting in my driveway. We know it's your dark secret. <laughs> it is. It's a, like a dark secret. I'm. I'm scared to drive it out west because I'm afraid people will shoot at me. It depends. You it depends get, because it's unless you're in Colorado. Mm-hmm. It's a yuppie car too. Yeah, There's a lot of yuppies to, that drive that. Go to Boise. Go to Missoula. Exactly. You will fit right in. Yeah, but I'm tra- talking about driving, you know, like into a ranch or something and being <laughs> met with a 30-30. That's what I'm talking Get about. Get on out of here, Ferry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's got a it's got a 2A sticker on the back of it. I want to get a I want to get a sticker. Well, my wife upgrades. This is a, the sad part. We went and looked at vehicles and for the for the money, like standard equipment on a on a new Forester <clears throat> is a lot better than than uh, any other manufacturer. And they're nice. They're really nice. And they're the number and, one uh, safety rated vehicle in the United States. They yeah, are. Yeah. yeah. I I talked to the salesman. I said, "Hey, are you guys still giving money away to all these char- these charities?" And he's like, "Oh yeah." And I said, "Well, I've got a charity I want to send mine to. I want to send it to Sportsman's Alliance." He goes, "What's that?" And I said, "It's a hunting group. Defends hunting freedoms. Can I pick my charity?" And he's like, well, we have a list of charities. He goes, but but you can you can do you don't have to donate money if you don't want to. It's your option. I said, well, I'm sure as heck not giving it to the ASPCA. Yeah. You actually have the option. You can you can opt out of that. Nice. So, I'm just gonna yeah. say this right off the bat too. If there's any Houndsman XP fans out there that are mechanically inclined and are like, dude, Seth is just the best host. And I want to give him a great Christmas gift. Speaking of great kiss, Christmas gifts, a totally resto modded El Camino. That's yeah. <laughs> okay, if anyone out here doesn't like an El Camino, I'm out of here. Dude, El Caminos are the best. I had my a- step grandpa. My step grandpa um, had one of those. They were they were like Buckeye m- mobiles. You know, everybody from Ohio drove a over around Mason, Ohio drove El Caminos, and they were they were good. He would actually um, load his snowmobiles in the back of his El Camino and and drive it around because it, it didn't take much you could back it up to any little absolutely. bank absolutely i hated that thing man it felt like you're riding on the on the street you sit all the way down in it you're riding on the street Mm-mm. that's just part of the experience brother <laughs> yeah 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 what else you got seth what other what other so, wild gifts have you I'm just saying that right now. If you want water, let's get on, back to the da- let's get yeah. Let's talk about the dash again. Yeah, portable water on the go. The dash is awesome. They also make one for food too, but I rarely am feeding because I don't really travel with my dogs that much. So the watering system is the is the bomb. Anytime I'm mounted, like anytime I'm in a vehicle hunting, 
or uh, I keep it in. If I'm walking, I just keep it in my truck and then carry water with me. And then when I get back to the truck, pop that bad boy open, throw it down on the ground, dogs drink, whoosh, shut it and just pour the water back into the reservoir. That's what's so awesome. You don't waste water. You just tip it up. It all pours right back into the reservoir, put the plug in it, off you go. So the dash is hmm. awesome. I use that thing. I love it. I love it. Um, I always dump. I always dump my water. Usually, I've got you know three or four, three or four hounds that are hitting it. By the time I'm dumping it, it's mostly slobber anyway. Yeah, yeah. So it just keeps keeps the inside of that tank from getting funky. But you can you can clean it out with bleach. And yeah. I'm the same way, Seth. Man, I get I get all kinds of people are like, "What is that thing?" You know, and then they look at it and it's like, "Wow, that's cool." Yeah, I love but, it. So as far, as far as my my Christmas list that I don't have. One thing I, I really would like to have, I think it would be nice to have, is the uh, from Havoc, they got the extender range antenna. And I think I'm speaking specifically from my experiences and for sight hound hunters, and obviously this is advantageous for any kind of hound hunter, but the, the extender range, you can put it on the roof of your vehicle, it has magnets on the base, and you can stick it on the truck, and it just massively increases your range. And we already have really, really good range on the prairie out there. Um, that's usually not an issue. But what can really screw us up, and this is like the nightmare scenario for, for sighthound hunters, is you're out there, you're on foot, you're four miles from your truck, whatever. Your dogs come over a rise, and there's a herd of antelope standing there, and they scatter, and your dogs go in every direction. That's like the Trashy. worst thing ever. Like that Trashy greyhounds. Yeah, and so as you can probably imagine, catching a greyhound's really hard, and they're not. Why not just invest in invest in a in a Garmin uh, e collar and just break them off antelopes? That's what I do, <laughs> <laughs> but some folks don't. <laughs> and so, um, also, just emergencies happen. You know, you just some things happen, things split apart, whatever. I like the idea of being able to put that thing on there and have way more than six miles of range. Because newsflash, greyhounds can cover ground really fast. And by the time you get back to your vehicle, they could be literally 10 plus miles away by that point. And uh, it's, I've seen it happen. Um, we, were we were hunting coyotes. Um, the dogs took off after a coyote. The coyote, like a ninja, went through a hole in the fence, took off in an opposite direction. Uh, one dog went along the field fence. One went under and followed the coyote. Our pack split. And it took us forever to find that other dog. We lost signal on him. By the time we found a gate, he was already miles out of the country. He was down in the ravine country. It would have been awesome to have that pop that mass uh, extensor, extender of your range and power and been able to find him. He actually wasn't that far. We just had bad signal because he was, he was about 11 miles away, but we couldn't find him because he was down in that canyon country. So it would have been nice to have that I extra think, strength. I think really what you need is like, uh, land speeder that Luke Skywalker <laughs> had in Star Wars. Yeah, you know that hovers over the ground, and you can just. I've always you can't catch them anyway. <laughs> I've dreamt of many stupid schemes. Right, one of them is they make those parasails, like a, a man-sized backpack parasail, like the big fan that you ride on your back, and you have like the parachute. <laughs> right, Jackrabbit gets up, dogs take off. I've got take off running two guys like right here where I live that have those, Seth. They're up in Do them all the time. Yeah, they're up in them all the time. All the time. Don't give me ideas, Heath. Hey. Are we going to have a new Hounds and XP short here? Well, <laughs> maybe. Seth's death. 
<laughs> so anyway, up, I mean, you know? this is your, I, I think that, and then I'm like, dude, this is a guy who won't even ride a horse out there across the pasture. You think I'm going to ride in a freaking <laughs> like fan on my back? Like, Anyway, don't you remember the don't you remember the land speeder though? Yeah, it's yeah. Got three turbine, third three turbines on it. However, yeah. it's like three foot off the ground. Man, you could you could make some time in that thing. You could keep up with Prano in it. Well, yeah, but I mean, I'm I'm living in reality here. <laughs> I read nonfiction. Oh, why do that? <laughs> We're talking about Santa Claus bringing you shit. That's why true. are we living in reality? That's true. Hey, if Santa Claus's oh. sleigh was pulled by hounds, what would he have him pulled by? Yeah, I. That's a good question. Yeah, he wouldn't use plots. And he wouldn't <laughs> use blue ticks. Blue ticks are too slow, and plots are too dumb. Ah, uh, uh. walkers are too trashy. Imagine. I'd say. I think. I think Salukis. I wasn't gonna say it because you would accuse me of always taking it to running dogs. But I also think. No, Salukis. I know. I know. Staghounds. Oh. Uh, Staghounds. Yeah. Yeah, some of those monsters that Rigo's got down yeah. there. You well, put nine of those on a sled, sled, and you could pull it. Sancho went down your chimney. By the time he came back up, all your cats are dead. <laughs> <laughs> and your pigs, and your dogs, everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So that, that's take, my that's my wish special. list. Uh, uh, the Dakota two eight three watering system. And uh, the extender range, the range extender. You know, this is ironic. And you guys, I fought this forever. But I used to run my dogs with no collars, not even ID collars, because I wanted them to not be hung up in fence. If I hunted on foot, I would just put their ID collars on them. And I was like, oh, they're good. They always come back. I started using the Garmin minis, the TT15 minis, when I walk now. I can't, like, if I don't have them on them when I let them go, I feel like, something's wrong you know what i mean i'm I'm just like oh yeah. my gosh it's so crazy how that tool is so useful and helpful that when you don't have it it's very weird you know i'm yeah. not gonna say it freaks me out it doesn't i know my dogs are good like that they'll come back but it is very nice to know when they're after a hair and they take off over the hill and you can't see them for like 10 minutes you're like oh they're on the way back they already caught them and here they come they're right over there like it's a great feeling yeah. The minis. You Are you getting us. the same range out of the minis that you get out of the the normal ones? I'm going to be very honest with you. I don't know because I've only ever used the minis, but mm-hmm. I've never had them get more than four miles away from me, and they uh, were able he to. He lives on the moon, the surface of the moon. I mean, it's <laughs> flat. It, yeah, the prairie's like seven miles by 1,400 miles. Yeah, it's really or nice. Something. <laughs> For the Garmin. But I use I use the Mini, so I was running the Mini on uh, one more barrel. Oh, Yogster. The battery lot. Yeah, the Yog, and, but Jazz was wearing it. I was putting it on her. Um, but the thing you cut back on is battery life mm. on the on the Mini. But now with the 200, you can inactivate it when you lose signal and move positions and, you know, try to get it try to get it back on but uh, yeah. the mini the the range i haven't seen anything on range but i have seen battery life on the mini it's usually um uh, i i usually have to i usually get two or three hunts out of it before i need to fully recharge it most of my hunts are about eh, if i can't find a jack in three to four hours i'm out <laughs> i'm done <laughs> like yeah yeah but i really like them they're really nice i i think the tt is the most important part for me i love being able to train as well as track it's very good for me to be like hey 
you're a little far out, come back closer to me, that kind of training. So very useful. Yep. As far as my other gift, because one was just a hypothetical, if I didn't have it, I recommend it, uh, is the Rogaro, the, the, the Coon Light. And I say that because I'm a huge headlamp fiend. Every year I get a headlamp for Christmas. When Lauren and I were hunting together, she was using her headlamp, and I was like, damn, that's a headlamp. So, uh, you were only allowed two. And it's pronounced Rogaru. Oh, you took yeah, mine not... away. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, Heath, you wanted the you wanted the light, right? Yeah, I I have an okay light that I'm not really satisfied with. Um, it 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 falls off my head. Like anytime you bend over, it falls off. I'm constantly um, taking pliers and putting the the clip on the thing and making it tighter. Uh, it's not really that bright. It does have red light and a, and a green light, but yeah, I, I want a new light. Um, so Did, have you got that K light with the head, the light head on it? That's like four inches. Wide? No, it's what small. was that light? I don't know. Mine's small. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it's, mine's probably a two and a half, three inch, maybe not. It's not very big. Uh, they used to make one that it was the, the size of that head on that light was obscene. I mean, I'm serious. It was probably close to three inches across. Yeah. And it just, it's like, here comes Chris's light. Oh, Chris is with it. <laughs> you know, that big. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to have a light. That's that's one of my things. I do have the Dakota 2832. Um, you know, Chris, you kind of turned me on that thing last year, putting it underneath the seat of your truck and keeps the water from freezing in the wintertime. So mm -hmm. I've got one of those also that I really like, <clears throat> but yeah, I light, I need a light. I'd like to have a new light. Um, I've been looking through LW and stuff and I'm going to hook myself up with one here for too long. Yeah. I talked to him today, as a matter of fact, about the difference in the lights, because I've got the, the micro gator mm -hmm. and I've got the, uh, Bayou and the Bayou is, is actually a, a very capable light, but I did notice, uh, a, I noticed last week when I was hunting with some guys that my light wasn't quite as bright as what they were, they were, uh, hunting with, but you and I both hunted back in the days of, you know, six cell wheat lights yes. and stuff like that. So, <laughs> so what we're wearing now is unbelievable, but, um, it, it, it's not the, the Bayou's not quite as bright. And I asked, I asked LW about that. I was like, so is a Roguru brighter. And he said, yeah. And, um, he told me how those lights end up, you know, getting brighter and things like that. And a lot of it has to do with the amount of reflective surf surface. And I mean, he went into a bunch of technical stuff that I really wasn't, all I needed to know was, is a Roguru brighter? And he gave me a complete breakdown on all of it, of how it all works. So, uh, yeah, the Roguru is brighter, but that micro gator, I'll tell you what, man, uh, the micro is, is a handy light to have. And it's one of those deals that, uh, uh, it's really lightweight. And I find a lot of, I find a lot of coons and trees with the, the walk light and which that's what the micro gator is without the bigger head on it. Is that what and, you had here in hunting season? Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. You showed it to me. It's yeah. in the, it's in the cap. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, it's, it's, it's just a, a small it's only about an inch and inch and a quarter inch and a half wide. You know mm -hmm. I mean? It's just, real, yeah, but, it, but it's all on, on the cap. It's like a hard shell cap. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You, that's what you had when you, we were back there in training season. Yeah. Yeah. 
that sucker is handy, man. I I use it. I use it when I'm working on stuff around the house. I use it when I'm out feeding. I use it when I'm bear hunting. You know, I use it all the time. I could use it tracking all these deer down. If these girls are whacking. That's what I need it for. Well, one thing that's cool is um, I better not. I better not bring this out. I better not bring this one up yet. It's not not a done deal. Yep. One of our other sponsors is going to be carrying both the 3.5 the dash 3.5 and a few of the cajun lights but we're not ready to roll that they're they're not ready to roll that out yet sweet yep so i don't know my set my set i mean there's a lot of things i like that i have probably my favorite thing of all the sponsors is the um dogs are tree the tile like that's probably the thing that i've used the most of all the stuff that I've got, but I've got, I've got two five dog tieouts now. So I'm good with that, but man, I can always use new tracking collars. Like yeah. I can always use, and I'm not sold on the TT 15 X yet. Everybody's still having issues here with them. They've had to send them back. They've had, and I, I don't know about everybody, but I, I could use a couple new collars. I've got some that I'm pretty sure were the first ones that, well, I still I'm still using some of the TT tens that the original ones that come out. I'm just waiting really? on them to fail. Yeah, they were um, made when your Chevy was made. <laughs> probably, yeah, yeah, it was way back. Um, yeah, I still have the uh, <laughs> my handheld. My 100 was the first year they come out with the Alphas. It was the year you know they had, you had the 320, and then the Alpha came out. So whatever year that came out was it 13, maybe 14, 13 or 14. Beats me. I still have it. That's the one I use, and I had two collars, and one of the collars has don't work anymore, but the other one still does, and I'm still using it. But so I need to update collars, so I probably should get a couple new collars for me. I just ordered a bunch of Garmin stuff from LW over at Cajun Lights. Yes, yeah, have it carries it. Have it. Briar Briar Creek Creek, carries I've it. seen that on all of them. Yeah. So, yep. There's there's two things that I could definitely use. For sure. Yeah, Garmin, Garmin um, I'm going to challenge Garmin here a little bit. Uh, they need to put a little more time in the research and development on some of this stuff. Like the new Alpha, the charging port on that thing behind it with the, you know, they changed the plug on it. So now you've got to keep track of another cord. Um, it's just, they're, they're putting GPS and designing equipment for the space shuttle. They can surely figure out you know, hound stuff here. I just don't think they pay enough attention to it at times to, to listen to what we're trying to tell them of what we need and, and things like that. And that, like you said, the 15X, um, they're wanting to phase out the 15s and you got to work the bugs out of that stuff before you, before you just start. You put it on. It yeah. And you know, of course, Chris, you've been around our whole group and we've all had, we had major issues um, the first training season, we kind of got them worked out, but you know, you shouldn't have to run three collars on your dog. You know, if you're exactly. paying $350 for uh, a TTX, you know, I should, that should be enough. I mean, I've got, you know, I got 10 collars, I got a 200, I got a 100, like I'm, I'm putting money into this stuff. So I expect it to work. I shouldn't have to put the old beep beep collar on and then, you know, if I've got an extra TT10 laying around, putting it on, or the t most people are running the T5s, like I shouldn't have to do that. And that's that's the aggravating thing about 
what you're saying, you know, and I don't, I do not like the plug for the 200, the, the plug in for it. Um, it works loose and it doesn't charge half the time. I literally have to set yeah. mine up on the plug itself to keep it plugging. So, or keep it charged. I didn't like the, I didn't like the charging thing on the charging port on the 100. You know, it's one of those deals. It's like, how much more difficult can we make this? Why not just do like a, a single pole, like our lights charge, you know, in the side. Plug it just in, just yeah. Slide, yeah, just yeah. Sl slide it right in. Put it on the side because if you're running it in a windshield mount or, you know, dash mount setup, you know, trying to get that plug in there when your battery gets low and getting it fed into that little bracket they've got on the back. You know, you almost got to get in the passenger side to get your get your charger hooked up on when you're running it like that. There you go. All right, Carmen, send us a bunch of your stuff and we'll R and D it. We'll we'll get you. That's right. We'll get you fixed up. You just got to listen to what yep. we're saying. <laughs> yeah, that we need to start breeding dogs with longer necks if if we're if it's not going to be more dependable than that. So Franco, one of the guys that I <laughs> I train with a lot. Franco used to call it the Mr. T starter kit. So <laughs> what happens is you have somebody come on the field and they've got their big, their two inch flat collar on. They've got a pinch collar behind it. And then they've got their, their, their dog or Garmin or whatever E system they're using behind it. And, and he's like, man, are you be breeding draft into those dogs? Cause you've got the, he calls it the Mr. T starter kit. And I crack up every time I see one, Every time I see somebody come out with that, I like that's exactly the same thing I think about is yeah, gonna have to put put some draft. I think Wes I think Wes is actually putting some in his dogs. I don't know what zoo he's getting it from, but he's definitely yeah. got some. My dogs are like ninety five percent neck. The problem is, is that they're like a damn monitor lizard and their collar their neck is more muscular than the width of their head. So if they look down, their collars can just fall off. That's the, that's the that problem. would be, huh? That 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 would be a problem. So do yeah, you know like that a they giraffe. make a? Do you know they make a collar with a bungee on the top of it, so you can pull it up and it'll it'll pull it tight without um, restricting the breathing because it gives with it. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I so can, um, I've never a had a. Okay, yeah. I've never had a problem with um, their garments coming off in the field. And I mean, they're obviously moving very quickly. But uh, when you try to walk one, if they can slip their collars so easy. But you have to oh, use martingale collars, yeah. special collars to walk sighthounds. Otherwise, if they don't want to go and they pull against you, whoop, that thing just goes right over their little lizard necks and they're they're gone. <laughs> so, yeah, they're little pinheads. Yeah. They, I mean, they, they can... You don't even need a dash. You could water every one of those things out of a empty Mountain Dew bottle. <laughs> yeah, just take, just take just... the cap off the bottle and pour them that little bit of water <laughs> in there. They can stick their whole nose right down to the bottom of a Mountain Dew bottle. Yeah, they're I guarantee um, it. They're, they're like the aardvark <laughs> or whatever. It's got the long snout. Yeah. The <laughs> females go. are really extreme. When people see my female greyhound, they're like, oh my, what is that? And I'm like, oh, it's an I.I. <laughs> and if you don't know what that is, Google it. A-Y-E. A Y E. It's a real animal. It's gonna freak you out. It looks like my greyhounds. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to do some googling right don't now. Don't do it right now. It'll horrify you. They're they're crazy nocturnal lemurs. Well, I guess I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. What I want. You know what? If I if I could 
I'll tell you once something that, and I had the conversation with him today. I actually bought myself this. My jazz female is uh, getting older, and I've done a lot of winning with that dog over the years. She's been very good to me. Uh, she'll turn her into a rig dog for bears, and uh, I'm going to miss her one of these days. And I just ordered today. I sent in a, a picture. It was a cover photo for the uh, uh, one of the episodes where she and I were at that bear tree on the north mm -hmm. side there. Yeah, I know exactly which one you're talking about. You know, mm -hmm. yep. We treed that bear over there, and her and I are standing under that tree. And I sent that picture to Rough Cut today mm. to get that to get that memorialized. Nice. I, one of these days, you know, something's going to happen to a phone, or we're going to lose these pictures, um, and and I'm not going to have it that. And plus, this is something that I can display in my house, and it's not like I'm digging through a thousand thousand photos to to show somebody on my phone, and so. You know, my rough cut, yep, yep, Seth's got one right there. So, rough cut's one of those companies, I I don't think that, um, and I'm as guilty as anybody, you know, we don't think ahead until it's too late. We have no, you know, foresight on, on things, and then we're like, man, I wish I would have done that. But, you know, it'd be a great gift. Go to their website. You just need to check out their website. They're making all kinds of stuff. Everything from memorials for Grandpa. You know, I was talking to uh, Corey today, and they've, they've done old World War II photos that were real grainy, and, and we're able to recapture that. And um, so that's one of the things that I would recommend is get, get some, ask for something with some meaning. That favorite hound, maybe you're, you and your hunting buddies, that, that photo – of your grandpa or something, but rough cut can, can make something pretty sweet for you. I was going to mention rough cut as well, but I passed my limit already. I love rough. That thing. I took it down for this episode because I knew I wanted to bring it up, but I, man, everyone looks at, it, they're like, this is so cool. Where did you get this thing from? And I'm like, rough cut. So yeah, I love mine. I'm gonna get another one. I'm gonna get one for my dad this Christmas of me and him. Like wonder, father and son. I wonder if they would do a, um, a panorama. Like where I could just put it over my couch. That's well, what I'd like to have. Maybe they could do it. <laughs> yeah. I bet they could. Yeah. Yeah. They 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 harvest all their own lumber and stuff. They grow it and they harvest it. And um yeah, so it's totally one hundred percent United States of America, USA made. More more than your Chevy truck and more than my Toyota truck. Made in America. If you're looking for yep, if you're looking for a made in America, it's grown in America. It's made by houndsmen in America. It's also they make all kinds of cool antler things too. Because they have their own herd of red yeah. deer. So they make like antler rings and stuff that really look rad. So um yeah. They also have a red deer herd, which is pretty cool. On their website, um, one of the owners is like holding a calf like a red deer calf and it's pretty cute <laughs> are those are those the same things as red stags yeah yep which okay. also for the longest time was placed in the same species as the rocky like as the elk the wapiti but uh -huh. they now finally have decided they're a separate species for a while they thought yeah. that elk was a subspecies of the red deer but now they're separate <laughs> yeah well, the the old days, the uh, the original colon, colonials, Daniel Boone, as a matter of fact, he came into Kentucky. The old journals and stuff talk about the long hunters hunting red deer, 
and they weren't red deer. They were white-tailed deer, but oh. due to the color phases, they would come here in the summertime and hunt because they had, it was, of course, the weather was better for hunting, uh, um, you know, for them to hunt in anyway, spring, but they, they were red. You know, they, a white-tailed deer looks extremely red this time of year, so they just called them red deer. And hmm. so a lot of people uh, that read the read the journals from back in the day and they see that they were hunting red deer, they thought there was another species of deer here, but it was always the whitetail. That's cool. It was cool. just the, the coat and the color phase of it. I think I'm so. going to be the farthest western long hunter in the USA in two days. <laughs> I'm going deer hunting um, with my flinter. I don't know about that. I don't know. I, I bet we can find somebody in California that's, that's something with a flintlock. At Clay, this very Clay moment? <laughs> oh, tomorrow. Yeah, I that's what you. I meant. I just I meant in you. that moment. No, of course there's some yeah. California flinter guy. I just meant like yeah. in this weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Rough Cut is the play, one of the things that I would highly recommend. It's one of those things that um, the houndsman in your life probably isn't going to think about. And uh, if you are the houndsman in your life, you need to think about it. Uh, you know, memorializing those those special special hunts, that special hound, that once in a lifetime dog. Uh, it's just a it's just a great gift. Um, so, drop some hints to some people in your life to get you one of those. It's real easy too. All you do is go to their website and upload a picture. I upload them right from my phone. Yeah, the customer service and, is awesome. They'll send you proofs so you can decide yep. how it's going to look before you pull the trigger on it, and they make sure it's exactly how you want with contrasting and stuff like that. So awesome. I was super. I sent five pictures, and uh, we whittled it down to the one I chose, and I couldn't be happier. Yeah, yeah. The second thing that I would put on the list is this is self-sponsored, but go to Redbubble. Mm. Go to Redbubble and look through the designs, man. Derek at Outer Agenda has been cranking out some good designs for us. And we've got everything there from I was I was hunting with some guys the other the other night and they asked me if the uh the steak and shake story was true. <laughs> and I was like, Yes, that was a true story. Uh said it was the funniest thing they've ever listened to on a podcast. So we've got that design. We've got we've got is the picking it up design on there yet? Is, is the, it yet? is the what so, design? I'm sorry, I missed that. Picking it up, uh, not quite. So we are going. That's a special promo that's going to be dropped soon. So, okay, all yep. right. But uh, there's there's what all we got over there? We got we got, we got the lions bait. Go ahead. We got bears bait. We got coyotes bait. We got some HXP classics like the steak and shake. We got the sweater you're wearing right now, What is a Houndsman, which defines Houndsman XP's mission and statement kind of on a, on a, on a design. Um, yeah. Uh, we got, of course, some running dog gear for my side hound right. people out there. Um, and, uh, and, of course, the Houndsman XP logo. So, and, again, right. it's 56 different things you can put it on. So you find whatever you like. And... And for real, the, the shirts are really good quality. We all had them at the at the Terrier Trials in Tyler, Texas. Mm -hmm. And I was like, my shirt was super comfortable and the design was really well printed on there. Like it didn't feel cheesy or gummy. You know how like a right. low quality screen print. Can it's be not a vinyl print. It's a true yeah. screen print. Mm -hmm. I don't like the vinyl print. Mm -mm. You know, it just looks looks like an iron on from the old days. These yeah. are actually screen printed and, and uh, 
the one I'm wearing right now is, like you said, the definition of a houndsman. And uh, it's kind of cool. We took the we took the Houndsman XP logo and we broke it down into its individual parts and put some mission type stuff with it. And yeah, I thought it was uh, I thought it turned out real well. Yeah, it turned so, out awesome. Red Bubble. That's that would be I could I could fill up a, a card at Red Bubble. I really want to with the Red Bubble store, I really want to also represent all our houndsmen out there. So I thought it was really important that we got like a cool Derek drew an awesome coyote bay. That coyote looks so good. And so, uh, I was really happy to see that. So we're we're representing everybody there at the red bubble store. Um, we dropped the, the sighthound chasing a hare logo and we sold a bunch right off the bat. So thank you, my sighthound hunters and keep checking it out. We got something for everybody. and, And I'm really proud of that. And it's been a lot of fun. Thank you, Derek outer agenda. You do great work. Yep. Yep. What else we got? I We've all talked about two. I mean, it's Christmas. I guess we can blow the top off of it. You took my, you took my, uh, you took my, I took rough away cut. Heath's and then, and then you took, you took away mine. This has been I a, took, I took a white cut. elephant Christmas where we're stealing each other's <laughs> gifts. <laughs> yeah, I'll run with that. Uh, a white hound dog Christmas. Well, yeah. if somebody was selling good hounds i'd definitely take them up on that one i mean i got some oh. but not for what you want no <laughs> i don't know what kind of what kind of problems you have in heath let me help you let's let's talk through this. they all coming in heat I mean, no kidding killing me kate's, got, kate's not coming no in well no maggie is and i had to move her i moved her plum away from kate kate was in september 11th <clears throat> Of course, Hart was in the week before that. I mean, it's like, y'all are killing me. I can't have all my dogs together for one season. Like, can everybody just stop coming in heat so we can hunt? Let me ask a question. Does the heat cycle massively affect their performance, or does it just affect interpack cohesion? Yes, the second. I don't know. Okay, so... Um, Chris, you may know... My jazz female... Yeah, like when my I was jazz not, female. I can tell when she's coming in. She acts crazy. She does. Yeah, I mean I can, Brandy. I when I was hunting Brandy, like when she come in heat, I just hunt her by herself. Same thing. Not consistent. Not the same dog at all. Uh, too many hormones going on, I guess. Yeah, but yeah, I, I yeah. could, you know. But yeah, you can't have you know, a bunch of male dogs running around. They just be fighting and trying to mm. hump her and everything else. So yeah, but so she's out for the first two weeks of season. Yay. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the main reason that I run males because in my world, the heat cycles just devastate their performance, you know? And so when they're just trying to run super high athletic power running, it just destroys them. And I had a, I have a female, uh, one of my, a litter mate to one of my dogs. And, uh, it was just awful. Like I would lose three months cause they have a false pregnancy afterwards and they're still destroyed when they're in their false pregnancy. I'm, I'm not even joking. Your boxer could outrun her. You know what I mean? And uh, I was like, that's enough of that. I spayed her. I was like, if I need pups, I have males around. And then I was like, I'm only running males for that reason only. So I have one spayed female yeah. and the rest are all males for that reason. Performance boost. Well, Shorty always, he, he neuters and spays everything, you know. Uh, I know he neuters his male dogs. I don't know about spaying his females. I don't think he does because I, he, if I remember talking to him, 
He's like, all the males are 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 neutered. So he goes, I can go ahead and run. Yeah, you know, I can go ahead and run them and not have to worry about that problem with the pack cohesion thing or fights in the dog box or whatever. Do the females um, butt heads when they're in heat or not really? Eh, they they can get a little crappy, but what mm. I've seen is like if you've got if you've got one female by herself, the the heat cycles can be irregular. But if you get two females together and they start cycling, you know, they'll they'll actually kick in heat cycles and the other stuff. Have you seen that heat? Yeah, that's why I moved everything. Even though mine yeah. were just in two months ago, I don't want to take any chances of her coming back in. Right. Yeah. I got a yeah. buddy of mine that uh, was head of maintenance at the hospital, and he said he knew when all the female employees were cycling. He said for, for a week and a half, two weeks, <laughs> all they did was snake toilets and plunge for every month. Yeah. You know, they were snaking and plunging toilets. Yeah. For He's like, he's like stop flushing this stuff. There's signs on every bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I will say so, this is... So there any, is something biological about it. Yeah. It's, and I will say this is not anything brown, like groundbreaking, but spaying her really actually made her a way better pet because she was kind of a bitch you know what i mean like and then i spayed her and now she's Literally. like a puppy she's much more amenable to the other dogs and much more um when i get her out in the field she doesn't care about sniffing and marking or anything like that she's just like a puppy she just wants to run around and play which i like you know she's a super serious hunting dog she's that's, that's her biggest problem is she's turning her off is tough she's crazy but uh yeah I, I think it made her a lot better pet around the house so if i if I'm firmly in the camp. If I'm not going to breed a dog, I'm going to sterilize them because the de-sexing them and removing those like sexual urges and other things that come from those hormones, I think just makes them better to have around the house as a pet. So, yeah. I had a buddy of mine that, that, uh, had his mute, his mule spade. I've never yeah. even heard of a horse being spayed. Yep. His mo yeah. His Molly mule. Yeah. Hmm. She, she, she would start cycling and just lose her mind. And she was, so he just had her, he, she just had her fit, or he just had her fixed. Totally changed her. Now she's, you know, just like a gelding ready to work every day. No problems. Hmm. Huh? Wow. Yep. Dang. My, my, my really, really good friend. He, um, he was a, a, a polo rider for Cornell. Isn't that crazy? And, uh, he loved mares. He loved riding them. Cause he was like, they're sassy. And on the polo field, they're like mean. they'll like bite the other horses and try to push them away. And he said, geldings are just too much of a pushover. They let other horses right. bully them around. So I, I was like, huh, you'd want to ride Calypso if she was a horse <laughs> before I spayed her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well guys, um, what else, what else are we going to talk about? You guys got anything else? I do. I think we I just do. make it. I'm going to. You do? I do. All right. I do. This is uh, a gift that, for yourself. But I do want to talk about the Sportsman's Alliance partnership at Patreon. Um, if you join at the $12 membership, you guys, and you're a patron, patron for three months, you get a membership to Sportsman's Alliance. And that's not just a gift to you. That's a gift to all of us. Sportsman's Alliance is out there. Give a day. gift to freedom. That's Give right. a gift for freedom. I need an eagle shriek behind me right when I said that. Yeah. No, Put you that need in post production. Have flying over so you can hear freedom <laughs> yeah. coming. That's what we say every time. Yeah. America. <laughs> yeah. And it, you know, when you join, when you join Houndsman XP at Patreon, and also when you join Sportsman's Alliance, you're going to get sweet joining benefits from both of us. So that comes back to you. 
but also I just it's a it's a great way to um, support the mission, preserve, protect, promote, and also be a part of something bigger than yourselves. I think the time of hiding is done with social media. That's not possible anymore. And uh, the people at Patreon are leaders, and uh, I think we could use more leaders in our world. <laughs> so that's a good point. You know, if you break down, we've done this a few times. But if you break it down financially. Um, $12 a month equals $144 a year. And as soon as you sign up, we're going to send you a, a hat, our hat, which is a retail, you know, it's got a value of at least 25 bucks. And then um, our leather patch caps are more than that. But, uh, and then you've got the Sportsman's Alliance. The membership for one year of Sportsman's Alliance is $35, I think. But then the Advocate magazine that they put out, is incredible i mean it's going to keep you up to date on what's going on good articles in there you know there were articles in the last one about things we talk about on the show all the time about building relationships with your legislators about how to have effective organizations you know how to organize in your local communities to to preserve our freedoms so you got the advocate and then they're going to send you a two knife set and a, a subscription to hunt stand pro which is uh comparable to to other gps mapping things apps that you can put on your phone um and then and then on top of that you got you got all the drawings we do all year long every month is is running about a hundred dollars yep for and a then prize five hundred dollars for the semi-annual and a thousand for the annual so it's not just about you know, us trying to get you to send us money. It's, it's about, it takes money to put on a show. It takes money to, to do this sort of stuff. And, and, um, uh, so we use part of it for that, but we're serious. We want to preserve freedom. We're in this thing for one reason. And that is to make hunting with hounds mainstream and make sure we can do it forever. Love it. That's why yep. I'm here. <laughs> yep. I, I, yep. I just, this world of hunting with dogs is, is is so incredible. And obviously the mission of the show is to keep these rights for us and to let people hear these things. And, um, you know, I, I feel like I'm so, I just got done traveling. So I, I feel so lucky to um, be a part of that. And, and stay tuned, guys. There's going to be some cool stuff coming through to the Patreon page. There's a lot of bonus material there. Uh, I just got back from East Texas on two separate trips. Patrons already know the Tyler, Texas trip, but I just got done hanging out with some awesome blood uh, blood trackers. Shout out to you, Danny and Dustin. You guys rock. And stay tuned, you guys. There's a lot of bonus footage. I stuck a GoPro to my head and got all that on film. It was very <laughs> exciting. And, of course, I'm not going to get away without jamming a mic into someone's face. And so I did that several times. <laughs> Uh, made myself pretty annoying, I'm sure, but it was a great time. So stay tuned for that, patrons. Yep. Heath, you got anything else? Mm -mm. No, we've got a lot of good stuff from our sponsors, and I mean, like I said, all of us are using a, a lot of stuff that come from them. So you guys write your Christmas list down and get on the website and get that stuff ordered. Agreed. Agreed. Hey, I got one more thing actually. False. Yeah, go ahead. I wrote it down on my notes. And I just glanced over and saw them. Do you guys know that the Bracco Italiano was just added to the AKC? Yeah, I seen that. I was 
Yeah. I thought they already were. <laughs> that surprised <laughs> me when I saw that. Yeah. I, I, the first time I ever saw one was on TV and I was like, that's the weirdest looking bird dog I've ever seen in my life. But apparently right. people like them. So yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Have you guys ever seen one? Yeah, I've seen one. Not in live. Seen pictures. pictures. I've never seen one in person. Yeah. Yeah. I've oh, seen you, you've never seen one. In, oh, okay. That's what I mean. Hunting. No, never seen one in person. No. Gotcha. Nope. Never seen one. It kind of looked like a bloodhound nope. with English pointer colors. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy. They well, they look like a majestic. They look like a majestic uh, hound. Is what they look like. Mm-hmm. And then you see him out there uh, retrieving and doing things like that, and you're like, "What the heck is he? Is he bird hunting with a majestic <laughs> hound? You know, probably have better looks. Yeah, so you had to pay attention. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say majestic isn't the word I would have used. So you're very kind to the Bracco. <laughs> yeah, no, the majestic is actually a, a French, you know, French influenced hound, you know, old Europe hound. Oh, where a lot of our uh, a lot of our hounds came from. Mm-hmm. Yep, gotcha. Yeah, you got the uh, uh, what are they? Heath Majestic, um, blue. Ga- you got the Majestics. You got the Blue Gassons. You got yeah. You got you got all those that have the older, more loose skin on their face, longer ears, more of a domed head. You know, the ear ear sets lower than than Heavy other American framed. hounds. Yeah, bigger. Heavy frame, kind of a, yeah, bigger bone. Yeah, kind of like a bloodhound frame dog. A lot of yeah, a lot of those a lot of those um traits too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Pete, there's some people in the US that are using them and they you know they still breed and true to it and they love them. So I'm gonna ask a yep. question to you, Chris. Why the long ears? Is that I hear people talk about coon hounds, <laughs> the longer the better. It what's up with that? Well, that's an old that, the the old like the basset hound you know you take a basset hound it's obviously got a lot longer ears than the uh the beagle you know um and i don't know how much heath heath might have some good info i have no scientific evidence exactly that's where i'm at so the the thought is when the head's down and they're tracking and those those ears are brushing against, they're keeping the scent stirred up and and make it more readily available to the to the olfactory, to the nose. Yep. And that's what I I mean, I was even taught that when I went through canine school years ago that that's what makes yep, the bloodhound more efficient at trailing <clears throat> is because of some of the characteristics and all the um I don't know. There's a lot of things. I don't I don't have any scientific proof of it, so I hate to say. I don't know. I just didn't know. We just had this. We just had this discussion. Josh Whitaker and I were talking about this off air, but um, you know the old bloodhound type thing. Maybe it was with the. I think we may have said it on air. Um, The the American bloodhound has has the reason they can smell smell better and detect more scent is because they've got twenty five percent more. Oh shoot, turbinates inside the inside the nose they've got a bit longer broader nasal plane more turbinates in there and so they've got the capability of doing it the problem is um they've bred out some of the drive and the desire to to actually track so, you know i have way too so. many questions because i've seen some new stuff and so i wanted to talk to you why do why does no one hunt with bloodhounds i guess you just kind of answered that possibly 
Yeah. They just don't have the drive. Okay. You know, overall, they don't have... As a, a breed as a whole, I'm not saying they're always like this. I'm sure that there's probably somebody out there that's still breeding the traditional hard-going bloodhound, uh, you know, that you, you see in the old movies, check, tracking the jail prisoners. Yeah. They still use them in Louisiana. I know that there's still several uh, prison, the prison uh, system down there still has bloodhounds that they use for tracking. Florida does too. I've trained with those guys we, in the past. We have them. Our, no, our DOC has them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. If they're if they're the right ones, that's right. You know, from the the right strains, they're just as they're they're excellent dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, if you go on the if you go on the AKC page and and look for bloodhound puppies, you're probably not going to find them. You got to go to those specialty kennels that are still breeding the working bloodhounds. As with many dogs. As with many dogs. Yeah. Yeah. I was just curious because like I've never just I've never showed up on someone's ranch here and been like. And they're like, yeah, I got lion dogs out back. And I'm like, oh, what are they? And then they're like, oh, bloodhounds. Like, that never happens. It's always like blue ticks or mutts, you know? Mon- Montague Stevens, old Rufus and Sleuth. and Yeah. 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 Scruff McGruff. The the uh, the American Lion Hound, have you guys been keeping track of that? Hmm. You guys been keeping? So he's breeding a, a, larger, a larger trailing dog at, that has some bloodhound in it. So... It's, it's, I'm not sure where he's at on his development with the breed, but he actually calls it the American lion hound and uh, it's a bigger dog supposedly, uh, uh, being used up in wolf country, you know, to be able to, to tolerate a little wolf pressure a little bit more. <laughs> wow. So yeah, he's still, and I think it's got some, uh, I'm not even sure. I'm not going to say what's in it, but I, if I recall correctly, he's, he's, use some majestic and some bloodhound in that line of dogs mm. to help with the uh, scenting ability. Huh? Yep. Pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. Makes sense. So, all right guys, well, I'm going to wrap it up and, uh, want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. We had fun talking about all the things that, you know, the wish lists and, and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, just, I hope you enjoy your Christmas. You don't have to, Give a lot of gifts to enjoy Christmas. Uh, you know, the, the memories you make, the time you spend with your families. And uh, that's what it's all about. You know, remembering the true true meaning of Christmas, why we celebrate Christmas, the birth of Christ. You know, that's, that's what it's about. And um, I just hope everybody has a safe and enjoyable Christmas. And um, thanks for tuning in to the Houndsman XP podcast. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry thanks. Merry Christmas, everybody.